Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome back to the most favorite, the most exciting, number one sports podcast to listen to. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Donald. And Donald Podcast. <laughs> Double D. <laughs> Barbershop Sports, baby. And you know we're coming at you straight off script. What are we doing? We're giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up. Oh my goodness, let's do that thing, baby. Listen, oh, we got a wonderful show for you. Hey, let's start off with this NBA action, man, with the New York Knicks. They shocked the Bucks at the square. Denver, they still the team to beat. The Lakers, they can't win for losing. Somebody got 10,000 points and still counting. And if anybody out there selling chicken, drop Luke off a 50-piece bucket with extra hot sauce, baby. <laughs> you thought, uh, we finna make it do what it do. You better listen up. D, guess what, man? Let's start this thing off right here. You ready? Let's go. Man, the Knicks shocked the Bucks, baby, 129 to 122 at Madison Square Garden. You got to tell me how you feel about that thing. Just uh, one of those sleeper games. You get caught sleeping. Um, Julius Randle had a decent game, but it's really that guy that everybody says is not a 1-8, Jalen Brunson, man. Uh, that 38 performance. Um, we got a Isaiah quickly sighting. R.J. Barrett had a pretty good game. It's just it's one of those we, – we talk about it all the time. You can lose any given day. Everybody out of there is professionals. Uh, if you don't bring your A – and that, that's not even to say that they played bad on the Brooks side. They got their 32 both from Dame and uh, Giannis. Chris Middleton off that minute restriction gave them 24. It's just Malik Beasley ain't giving you nothing, like absolutely nothing in 20 minutes of play time. Absolutely. Now, when I look at this and everything, right, the thing about it is, um, it, listen, this game might have snuck up on the Bucks, but it didn't snuck, sneak up on the Knicks. They had, uh, listen, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks had just beaten, okay, the New York Knicks like 130, 111 and everything like a couple days before. So they had to know, man, especially on the day-to-day play, listen, you got to be ready. Why, why was they sleeping on this thing? I don't understand. And that's the, I don't even know if it was sleeping. It's just underperformance from everybody else outside of those big three, really. You get like I said, you got thirty two from Dame, you got thirty two from Giannis, you got twenty four from Chris Middleton. Your next score is uh Brooke Lopez who gave you fourteen and Bobby Portis who gave you twelve. Other than that, everybody else gives you a combined eight points. Right. That don't make sense to me, man. Now the Bucks are sitting at twenty two and eight. Okay, so let's not get complacent with the record. But what's the problem with the Bucks, man? Let's dig on down deep into this thing. What's the situation is? They just lack the depth that some of these better teams have. They they don't have the roster depth once they get past that starting five. Really, once you get past that starting four, because Malik Beasley isn't. He hasn't been a factor in a lot of these games, and Bobby Portis is he he's feels out of place kind of he's he doesn't seem like that same energy guy coming off the bench that they've had these past couple of years so now you're looking for where do we get that extra second unit help from and looking on this roster they just don't have it really yeah and you know we, they had that little shake up in the locker room type situation with bob and portis and everything like that man maybe he playing in it's in it inspired a uh, basketball right now you you think you think it's a, a little bit of ruffle feathers that's still happening on that side man because when you talk about bench play you want to spark off the bench and you said hey we said in the previous podcast bobby portis is a great sixth man he didn't have no problem coming off the bench now maybe he do no he's a great sixth man it's just um what he, even the best Bobby Portis, 
you know, the best version of himself is not what they actually need. Now, okay. he, he's still bringing the energy because he's their second leader and rebounder off of that bench in that game with nine. Right. Versus, I think the leader was Giannis with 12. He's still giving that type of hustle and things you need, but what they're lacking is a second unit, a leading scorer in that second unit. Who can go out there and give us buckets when we when we sit, Giannis, when Dame is out, when things like when Chris Middleton is sitting down, who who can lead that second unit? And that's what I'm saying when I just don't see What's anybody real- on that roster who can give them that. Right. Now, this was a block uh, 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 a blockbuster trade uh, uh, when it came to uh, Damon Leonard coming over, you know, to the Bucks and everything from the Portland Trailblazers. It was a lot of moving parts. It was a lot of moving pieces. So right here, right now, just as it stands Hold on. Was it worth the trade? Because the the Bucks won a championship without Dane. Um, it's hard to say, honestly. But it's is paying off in what they would think. Now you did lose that defensive ability with Drew mm-hmm. and things like that. But you gained a thirty point a game score. Um, it's just hard to say because, like I said. When you compare them to the top teams like the Celtics, the top teams like the Nuggets, all these teams are they have more depth when it comes to their roster. The the Bucks, you look at that starting five and it's like, okay, we're gonna roll out with this pretty much and that is what it is. I, I just don't think that's gonna win them any you know, it's hard to win playoff games like that. Right. You need that depth. Yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense, man. Okay. Well, it was more games played that day. Hey, how about this next game right here that we need to chop up right quick? You took you had the Denver Nuggets beat up on them. Uh, uh what is it? The uh, Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, one twenty to one fourteen. You already said that the Warriors was gonna lose. It was only about six points, man. But uh, what can we take from this game? Because the Denver Nuggets is still the team to beat. Uh, the- Pretty much what we thought these teams, what we know these teams are as far as what they are right now. This is what you expected. This is what you expected. Um, and it's not even, it's surprising that it was even this close considering you got a bad game from Steph, you got a bad game from Clay. Um, your lead score was Andrew Wiggins off of the bench with 22. Then you really didn't get much from anybody else. Um, it just looks like. Yeah, the um, Nuggets bench also had a bad night as well, but that starting five all hit almost 20 points. Exactly. The whole starting five uh, for the Denver Nuggets uh, was in double digits, man. And listen, it's hard to beat that on any given day. But, um, you know, Clay Thompson, he's been hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, man. It's like you can't get no continuity. Steve Kerr has been chopping up and spinning this uh, lineup around and around and around. And even this looked like I don't know how many different lineups he done had this season. Uh, The only consistent thing that I really see right now, man, is uh, uh, Steph Curry. I don't see anything else about it. And like we said before, he can't do it by itself. Yeah, it. The only thing is he's keeping. I see that he brought Jonathan Kaminga up to start. Um, it's just Steph and Clay is the only constants in that starting lineup, really. And with Clay struggling to shoot, you know, um, it's hard for them to win games. It's just going to be hard for them to win games unless they figure out some way to get him some help. And I'm not saying it has to be a star. It can be by committee. You know what I'm saying? Just get a group of guys the way the Lakers did at that um, trade deadline last year, they didn't go out there to superstars. They went out there a few pieces who could help. We went and got a, a Jared Vanderbilt. We uh, went and got D'Angelo. We went and got um, Rui Hachimura. Like, we did things 
that okay, they're not gonna change the game on their own. They're not gonna come in and change it completely by themselves. But as a unit, that gives us a lot more to work with, and that's the same position the Warriors are in right now. I can understand that when you look at that man. Now this right here is, uh, separates the men's from the boys. What I'm talking about when it comes to coaching. When it comes to coaching, now you gonna see for yourself what Steve Kerr's made of. Okay, you know how what's his really method, his coaching style. How he gonna right this wrong and fix this? What's happening right now, man? Because listen, the Warriors is a five hundred team, fifteen fifteen. You know what I mean? Either you go up or you go down. But right now, it's like the true colors is kind of shining through. I mean, it's. I don't even think it's a coaching thing, really. I just think it's a lackluster roster. Mm. I just think this isn't a good roster um, when you look at it as a whole, honestly. I don't think any coach can come in and do a great job with this, with what you're given, especially with how your one of your key players in Clay Thompson has been struggling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you what do you want him to do? Play Moses Moody more? You, you know, is Moses Moody isn't going swing the pendulum that much he's not going he has to work with what he has and he doesn't have much I think it's even a worse situation as far as depth than the Bucks. Okay, they have even worse depth there especially when you consider they still have those three guys at the top of their roster who are playing well versus one over here on the Warriors and it's just depth Right. Well, hopefully Clay Thompson can shoot himself out of that slump, man, because if not, uh, they may end the season below 500. And, uh, but we ain't even at the halfway mark yet, so we definitely going to keep our eye on it and see what it do. Now, this next one, you know, <laughs> I know how Nin did this to your heart. Okay, now, a game was played, all right? Your Lakers was in it. Uh, them Celtics came up there, man, 126, and your Lakers got 115. Now, we know that the Lakers, I mean, that the Celtics are smoking red hot. But, I mean, even with a 40-point game, man, the Lakers wasn't able to get closer than 11. Yeah, it, we got, we fell down earlier, just could not fight our way back into this game. Um, and it was just a... Honestly, a uh, great game from AD. Uh, Tarion Prince, uh, his shot was falling early. I think he fell a little too in love with it as the game went on. Um, and then it's just, I don't know. Ron James standards, that's a terrible game. Five for 14, giving us 16. It's, it's hard to win these type games, especially, like we said, their depth. They're one of the deeper teams in the league. They whole star lineup did what they usually do. You get 25 from Tatum, 28 from Porzingis, 18, 18, and 19. Then 10 from Peyton Pritchett. You get 40, 17, 6. Like, it's just the um, production isn't there. And I'm not a, I'm not sure about this. Uh, What's going on with this start lineup, man? Because it, at this start lineup, you got Vando, Cam Reddish, Anthony Davis, Prince, and LeBron James. Taking a defensive what? approach to the game. It, did, it, it, did, it didn't work. Okay. Oh, yeah. it, this game, it didn't work. But, I mean, it's not – a lot of teams is not going to work against the Celtics. But that's what this lineup is. It went defensively versus having D'Lo, who's a scorer, who, who's a, a liability on the defensive side. Having Austin Reeves, whose defense is a liability. You put in LeBron to run the one, Cam at the two, Tony and Prince at the three, uh, Vando at the four, and AD at the five. It gives That's your best defensive lineup. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. It didn't work. And no, don't get me wrong. We forced um, Jason Tatum to have a bad night. He just got to the free throw line a lot. Jalen, like the two people we came into the game trying to uh, make uncomfortable. Right. We did that. 
We mm. succeeded at that. It's just that they get Christoph Porzingis back, Derek White back. Uh, you know, that there we face that death thing that we keep talking about with the Celtics, which makes them so good. Yeah. They can get it from five, six different people any given night. Yeah, I got you. So when you look at this and everything, and I just want to just uh, reiterate and see, had the Lakers won anything since the NBA Cup? Oh, yeah, we got that Thunder win that I said we was going to get. You got that one win since then and everything. So what, that make you one and five? Yeah. Okay, are you happy with that performance? Not at all. So you one game above 500 at 16 and 15. And so what's going to, what's, uh, like, what's coming out the next game? Uh, is it going to be a defensive-minded game again, or are you going to have to get your points back up on the floor? Um... It's a it's a benefit of situation. We got the Hornets next, mm. so honestly, I think we go out there and do whatever. You know, we could go out there and do whatever with this team. It's just gonna have to be we gotta play. Like, don't let them get that sneak up on you. Win. Like, we shouldn't even be in competition with this team. Go out early, put your foot on their neck. LeBron, you have to have a better game than what you came out and did against the Celtics. Like, it's that type of time. If you ever think of a trap game, it's going to be the Hornets and the Lakers. That's a trap game, man, because, you know, anybody on that roster as far as the Hornets can get hot at any given time, even with LaMelo out. And mm-hmm. we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. Okay, that'll work. How about this right here, man? Okay, you took in the, the, the blue-collar heat, the Miami heat, uh, beat the 76ers 119-113. to 113. Okay, now we do know that um, your boy Joel Embiid was a DNP. Cool. We understand that and everything. It was still a six-point game, but the Heat pulled it out. How you feel? I told you who gonna guard that boy Harmon. Yeah, he Triple J. A, he had a career high 31 in this game. Triple J, 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 J. And it was efficient too. 11 for 15, 1 for 3 from 3. He had, he double double, 31 and 10. Like that's what this team. He really epitomizes what this team is. Right. Just Hardcore that. blue collar worker down in the trenches. Let's go. Yeah. Like he 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 just gets he just does all that the dirty work, all the little the little small things that don't necessarily show up on the scoreboard. I mean on the score sheet, things like that. But he's a great player. Um, they they got this win without uh, Jimmy Butler. Which is big. Um, and Bam Adebayo, man, twenty six points, and then Tyler Hero. I guess he's feeling better. He he, he knocked down a, a deuce deuce twenty two. Yeah, that's a that's that's a, that's just a great game by them team game going out there, taking advantage of them not having um, a Joel Embiid, um, just getting a good getting the games that you have to get. This is one of those wins you got to take advantage of the situation, and they did that. Okay, so when you look at this and everything, and we done talked about it before, okay? Joel Embiid, I think he, he, he you know, dealing with an ankle right now, and we got that, you know, big trees fall hard. Uh, but without uh, Joel Embiid, because he's missing consecutive games now, uh, what kind of position does this put the 76ers in? Because, again, when I look at this lineup, and when I look at this particular game, Kelly Oubre gave him 25, great. You know, he really made, you know, took up some slack. Tobias Harris gave him 27. Uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey only gave him 12, which could mean that, you know, the newness is wearing off and some fatigue may be setting in. But, uh, uh, you know, how you feel is going to happen as far as Joel Embiid and his health, man? We have always asked this question when it comes to the 76ers because as Joel Embiid goes, so do Philadelphia. Oh, I'm not really too concerned about it just because he's kind of knocked that injury bug. Like, he's kind of quieted down those concerns a lot over these past couple of years, especially that last year winning MVP. I think now is the time to rest him with it being early on, with you guys being in that third seed. This is the time to rest him, try to get him healthy. It's still early, you know? It's still early. Don't try to force it. Y'all are better when he's on the floor, even better when he's 100%. So yeah. it's one of those situations. Don't panic. 
Don't press the alarm too soon. You guys are fine. Um, like, you guys are fine. You you got a big game from Obama off your bench. Like, you guys are straight. This is, it's only one game. Yeah. And, and like you say, he, he need to heal up and everything and then take care of himself when he's out there, man, you know, because he do go to the free throw a lot. And in order to go there, you got to get fouled. And yeah, he's a he's one of those. He tries to steal it a lot, too, fall into the ground, mm-hmm. crash. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's one of those. Um, well, he need to uh, uh, figure out how to fall right. Yeah, you need to talk to whoever Tua Tonga Valoa talked to. Like. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, he now he know how to fall and not get hurt. Okay, listen, Headband Luke was was uh, was uh, making his thing do what it do, man. 10,000 points and counting, you know what I mean? A logo in it and everything, asking for the ball, running down the court with his arms in the air like he on a ride at Carowinds. Yeah, he's just having fun. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, they had a meeting of the Mavericks and the Suns. Did Mavericks one twenty eight, Suns one fourteen. Man, talk to me, huh? Because uh, he did drop a fifty piece, baby. Headband Luca. I told you, he 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 plays his best games against Devin Booker. Like he really does not like that man. <laughs> he really does not like that man. Um, but it was just one of those. Give me the ball and watch out, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us. I'm gonna bring us this one. I'm gonna make sure we walk out of here with a W. And that's just what he did. He has that capability to do those type things. Uh, the 50 points is crazy, and then he, the 15 assists too. You don't see a lot of 50 point games where they lead in assists as well. Mm-hmm. He also was still getting everybody involved. You know how I feel about Derek Lively, eight for nine. 20 and 10. Like, great game. Double-double? Great game from him. We like double-doubles on Double D. Derrick Jones Jr. chipped in 22. Great game from these guys. And when you look at it, it was really all Luka. Really all Luka. Whether it was scoring or whether it was setting up the offense, getting somebody else involved. He really took over. They didn't get nothing from the bench. Um, Yeah, it looks like 10 points total from the bench. And then on the Sun side... Don't uh, look like they had their Wheaties. Yeah, it was just a bad game for them. Uh, Man, Kevin Durant on the head, 16 points. Yeah. Uh, uh, Devin Booker had a, a mediocre 20. You know, Grayson Allen was leading with 32 points, yeah, man. Yeah, your, your leading scores can't be Grayson Allen and Chessie Metu. No. That's not a recipe to win. Oh, Especially my goodness. when you got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on your team. Did they know they had a game that day? Um, man, Kevin Durant had Christmas hangover. Oh, my goodness, he man. He had some eggnog in that morning. It's just a, it's a, and I get it. It happens, but it's just you don't want it to happen. In this no, way. it's uh-uh. bad. Like this is terrible. It's just one game, but you got Molly walked. <laughs> All right, well check this out. This is a game that we know we're gonna have to talk about too. Now, as we talk about you know skids and, and we talk about winning streaks and everything, we're gonna have to talk about this Clippers Hornets game. Now, let's give props to the Clippers. They was on a nine game win streak. We're gonna give props what props to do. All right, but they they coming off a two game losing streak. Okay, uh, but then they came up and they met the Hornets at their house. Uh, Clippers was one thirteen, Hornets one oh four. Now, uh, first thing I want to ask you is. Is, does this mean uh, did they finally get it together and they meshing on the Clipper side of the ball as far as trying to make a deep run? Um, I think they started putting together on that five game win streak that they had. Yeah, that's you can see it coming together a lot more. And this is only further pushes that note without a Kawhi Leonard. They didn't have Kawhi for this game. Um, James Harden looked a lot more like James Harden in this game. Uh, Paul George was able to shoot the ball more. And really, they carried them to a victory. Russell Westbrook had a great game off the bench, too, 14, 11, and 6. Um, it just looks like they're starting to get used to playing with each other. Uh, and I think this game will help James Harden's confidence back to shooting the ball more, feeling like himself he can't take these shots. 
Um, it's just it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't think people want to see them in a seven game series, though, honestly, mm-hmm. just because of what they can do on both sides of the floor with Kawhi and Paul. Uh, then you think about offensively with James Harden, and it's we never want to count on Russell Westbrook because if he gets going, we know what he can give. You. Absolutely. Okay, so check this out. Let's look at the Hornets for just one quick second. Uh, Miles Bridges, he's really taking coming to his own. Uh, he take he's playing great. He averaging twenty and some points a game and everything. Uh, Haywood only gave him eight this night. And, and Rozier, you know, he'll go out, he'll get his. We got uh, we get some injuries that they're dealing with. Mark Williams, he's out and everything. You take Lamelo, he's out. Uh, then you have you know Brandon Miller, he's out. Uh, then you had uh, you know uh, some other ones that kind of got plugged in. Looked like they still got. P.J. Washington coming off the bench, and then Bruce McGowan's he giving them a little bit of a, of a, of a little baby boost too, man. Uh, but again, you can see as as uh, Lamelo goes and as uh, Rozier goes and everything else, they I guess what we're gonna chalk it up to just injuries right now. Yeah, you don't have the full roster, and it's not a team that can produce a lot of wins without those top guys. Okay, all right, that's cool. I had had a it was a Nathan Missa sighting. Uh, do you? I don't know too much about that cat, man. Do you know anything about an undrafted? Yeah, I don't type know situation with him and everything or whatever. Uh, I know that when he had first came in that first game, did I saw him and everything? He used up every last one of his files. <laughs> maybe just that. Maybe just that body we need. Yeah, maybe just an extra body that we can throw out there. Okay, well that's cool. Now listen, a couple a little. Little more things before we go on to our next segment. Uh, John Morant is on. He he on fire right now, man. Okay, he already is being uh, uh, announced the Western Conference Player of the Week. And what three games back? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's uh, pretty much what we expected, ain't he? Yeah, we know what he is. Like, and then it's just that adding fuel to the fire. He was probably saying at home just. Legs shaking, ready to get back at it. Yeah. Exactly. Full of that sewer wall. Yeah, he know. We <laughs> know what he is, um, and it's not even his shot isn't even falling yet. Like it's still things like that that can even take a game to another level. Yeah. And that makes sense. Check this out, though. One more thing before we move on. How do you feel about the 27-game skid by the Detroit Pistons, man? You got to chop it up for me. Monty Williams. So it's him. Monty Williams. You got to – because it's not like you don't have pieces there to to win you some games. Um, I don't like the rotations. I don't like how he's giving Killian Hayes so many opportunities when you have people like Jay and Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Asua Thompson, these type of players, and you're—I think you're holding your team back by trying to force what you want or force what you think this team is. They're not what you think this team is. Killian Hayes isn't what you think he is. Um, you're doing the Detroit Pistons in that fan base and injustice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so what changed, man? Because when he was with uh, the, the Phoenix Suns, when he he was the coach of the year. Yeah. That was a situation of the turnaround of the the organization had. I don't think it was really because he was doing. And then we got blessed with Devin Booker having one of his best seasons overall. DeAndre, it, that, that was that Chris Paul year as well. Uh, Chris Paul was the coach on that floor. You get what I'm saying? It was a benefit of having people that made your job easier. You don't have that luxury in Detroit. Right. Even though you got Cade who's giving you 41 and 10 or whatever it is. You still have to put these young guys in the right position, and I just don't think he's done a great job at that. So do you feel that he lost the locker room, number one, and do you think he'll make it to the end of the year as their coach, number two? Um, 
I haven't heard anything come out as far as something in the locker room. And they're still fighting. They're still out there fighting hard. A lot of these, uh, like the last game against the Nets, I, yeah, six point game. Like they're still out there trying and competing. Um, it's just he has to figure out this rotation. He has to figure out what guys he can roll with to get them because 27 straight is unacceptable. Yeah, they won game from like NBA history record yeah, of all times. That's, it's terrible. Okay, check this out. All right, listen now. When we return, we're going to talk about one of the most exciting weeks in NFL football, baby. Listen, Bryce Young, what is he showing us, man, despite the Panthers losing record? Brock Purdy, <laughs> he had a collapse. <laughs> we got to figure out where the 49ers is going. Have the Chiefs flame finally been extinguished? That NFL MVP race is heating up. And, oh, D, guess what? What's up? Amari Cooper is still open. Can, can, can somebody please defend that man? <laughs> Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Double D. 